welcome. You're listening to the You're Crazy Professor, but it might just work, amazing podcast. Episode 20. Some new tips and a guide to doing it right in 2020. Here are just 10 simple tips that you could incorporate into your everyday existence to maybe make you a better person or to be a little bit of kindness in what could sometimes be a wicked world. As per usual, I'm aided and abetted by the sleeping pug that's sitting at my feet, and you might just be able to hear him snore right now. Or maybe not. Okay, in no particular order then. Some things you can do to make your life better. Number one, don't deliberately wake up thinking, right, how can I be a dick to someone today? Hard as it may be to believe, I am certain that some people, both men and women, do get out of bed and purposefully decide that it's the day to be mean-spirited or unkind to other people. They put effort into it and deliberately think of things to say or unkind things to do to others they may see every day at work. I can't say what their motives are, but perhaps some people do get a sense of gratification by using their job and the authority they may have with it to stamp on other people. A form of occupationally sanctioned bullying which allows them to feel better about themselves when judiciously applying the petty rules or regulations of their jobs to other people. We all have decision latitude and we can all decide to let something go or to try and be helpful instead of skewering people with regulations and displays of petty power. Yes, you, Carol, being the checkout captain in a supermarket is a responsibility and we get it, we really do, but it doesn't mean you should throw your weight around and bully others just because you're the one wearing the Madonna-style microphone and earpiece. Checkout captain today cigarette counter tomorrow so be nice and try not to deliberately make dick moves there's just no need number two be compassionate to others how can people be so cruel how can people be so cold how can people willingly stand by and watch others suffer a few weeks ago, outside the M&M store in central London, some kid had just left the store and, yep, dropped a huge box of loose M&Ms all over the pavement as busy passers-by walked past. The M&Ms went everywhere, in all directions, and there was no possible way to pick them all up among the busy feet as they were getting stepped on every second. It was a chocolate write-off. The kid was upset and Mum was embarrassed. Most people walking by gave a sympathetic and audible noise upon seeing what they saw. A small number of people even laughed, obviously upsetting for the kid, and a few lessons to be learned for sure about putting a lid on things, waiting until you get home, and eggs and baskets, but they can be learned and reinforced later on. What that kid really needed right then was either for mum to go and get them replaced, and I know the store would do that, or for one of the passers-by to exhibit some kindness and compassion and to sort it out. An adult being kind to a child, that would be a better lesson to learn than surely something about eggs and baskets. 
learning about the kindness of others was probably more important right then than reflecting on how many eggs one should spread over a number of baskets. Number three, be positive. There is so much self-defeating negativity around that it can be amazing that things ever get done. I certainly find that there is so much cynicism around. One of the nice things about my job has been that I get to do little things, small, initi small initiatives and schemes that may help people out in their jobs. A few years ago, we implemented a free fruit in the workplace program. Nothing major, nothing original, but once a week we had plenty of fresh fruit delivered and placed it in staff kitchens and areas, and staff were encouraged to take a break from their work and to go help themselves to some free fruit. The small behavioural benefits were quite apparent. For some workers, it may be the only fruit they might have eaten that day. It perhaps gave staff a small break from their computer screens and they got a little bit of a walk to the kitchen. They might even bump into someone and have a pleasant chat. All good stuff. Nothing groundbreaking or high-tech. Just a simple, low-cost intervention. Where one might expect this to be received by staff in a positive way, and in the main it was, there were some negative effector types who saw it as an opportunity to see the darker side of things. I received emails from staff asking if this was a psychological experiment into greed and some wondered if the fruit was being measured or monitored in some way. Others suspected that the fruit may have been laced with drugs or chemicals to enhance work compliance. I really do wish I was making this up, but it's true. Some staff began demanding that different types of fruit be provided and requests soon came in for exotic fruit such as dragon fruit, mangoes and fancy apples. Other staff were more scathing, saying that they could afford their own fruit and they would rather that their share of the budget involved in this should be spent on providing a hot school lunch for a pupil who may need it. A worthy sentiment of course, but missing the point spectacularly. Sometimes there is such a thing as a free lunch, or a banana at least, and things can be offered without any side or quid pro quo. But perhaps some people do not want to see the positive aspects of things. We know that optimists tend to do better in life than pessimists, and those who see towards the negative and trend towards the negative. I guess the question to ask oneself here is, are you a sponge or are you a stone? Number four. Set your default to, can I help you in some way? In Sydney, Australia, there's a part of the Harbour Bay where there are steep cliffs that developed a reputation as a suicide spot. Jumping from those cliffs into the water below was highly likely to ensure death, and the top of the cliffs was not well guarded or fenced off, so access was quite easy for someone intent on ending their own life. Overlooking those cliffs was the home of Mr. Don Ritchie, and in 1964, Mr. Ritchie saw someone at the top of the cliffs looking distressed. He decided to do something and left his house and went over to the individual, approached them, and eventually managed to talk them down. Over the course of the 50 years when he lived in his clifftop home, Mr. Ritchie managed to officially prevent about 160 people from jumping to their deaths. Unofficially, his family reckoned it was closer to 500 people that he saved. He was a modest man who did not claim fame or celebrity, and he disclosed that the best way to help someone in that situation was to calmly walk up to them and ask, Can I help you in some way? 
those seven words worked more often than not and got the individuals away from the edge and bought them time with which they could consider their actions. Mr Ritchie, who unfortunately died in 2012, aged 86, said, You can't just sit there and watch them. You've got to try and save them. We often don't want to help because we're embarrassed that we might make a scene or that our offer of help could be rejected and we'll be embarrassed. Some of us are just incredibly shy and might not think we have the capacity or ability to help someone in distress. But if Don Ritchie could do it without any training or specialist skills, then so can we. Don Ritchie actually spent most of his working life as an insurance salesman and not a mental health crisis expert in any way. He was just a concerned citizen who felt he should do something when the need arose. He did say, quote, I was a salesman for most of my life and in doing this, I sold those individuals' lives. Number five, smile more or at least try and make eye contact with others. Have you ever assessed how much or how little you make eye contact with the people you encounter on a daily basis? You might be surprised at the amount of eye contact you make with both loved ones and with strangers. How about you do the same for the amount of smiling you do? We know that some people are naturally more smiley than others, and some of us may be unable to think if we ever actually exhibited a smile in the entire day. Smiling is one of those behaviours that we rarely notice unless we really put our minds to it. But it's also a behaviour that we can control and exhibit more of it if we want to. We know from research that smiling is infectious and we're drawn to other people who are smiley types. We can't fight it, so don't bother. Try it. Try smiling more when you step up to the counter in a coffee shop, when you open your front door when someone rings the doorbell, or try it when you're next paying for petrol. It's free, it makes you feel good, and it makes other people feel good too. And what's the alternative? Looking blank or unfriendly or dull? Why would you want to do that? Go on, smile. Number six, they're more scared of you. Are you one of those people in social situations who are naturally grumpy or reserved, or perhaps you even give off very clear stay-the-hell-away signals? You're not keen on mingling, and perhaps you feel socially avoidant of others. Chances are you probably do this because you think that other people might not like you, or might quickly decide that they don't like you, so you're being defensive. If people are going to dislike you if they don't already, you might think, well, you may as well put your defences up. Well, that's way of, one way of going through your life, but it certainly isn't the most fulfilling way to do it. So let's look at why you may feel the need to be so defensive. What makes you think that others will dislike you or see you unfavourably? Be logical. What behavioural evidence have other people displayed that confirms your fears that they dislike you? Chances are they haven't, but you may interpret neutral signs or behaviours from them as confirmation of your belief that they don't like you. So let's be rational. Although it's impossible that everyone you ever meet will like you, the chances are that most people you meet on a daily basis will be either positively disposed towards you or they may be ambivalent until they act otherwise. And what is the best way to make sure they feel disposed towards you in a kindly way? Well, that's right. Go back to tip number five. Give them a warm, friendly smile. The rest should take care of itself. 
Number seven, buy someone a coffee or a sticky bun. A small but consistent pleasure in the life of your favourite crazy professor is to pay things forward a little. You're in the queue for your coffee and chances are you may not be talking to the person in front of you or behind you in the queue. You're waiting around for your order to be made and the person behind you is just ordering their drink. Why not do something good and pay for their coffee? You can ask and offer to pay, but the chances are, especially in the UK, that people are more likely to say no and be very reserved, which is pretty silly. Who wouldn't accept a free coffee when offered? Trying this in countries and cultures other than the UK often results in a much more friendly exchange and people willing to accept a coffee from a stranger. Another option, of course, is to just discreetly pay for the person behind you or just offer to contribute your change to their payment. It's no big deal, but it's a simple gesture reminding people that we're essentially a decent society and that kindly folk are amongst us. Even if there's more pressure than ever before, for us to refrain from connecting with each other in public places. If the person you buy a coffee for feels bad about it or uncomfortable, they're always at liberty to pay it forward to somebody else if they feel it will even things up and cleanse their soul. I'm no Buddhist and I'm not a spiritual person, but I'm sure the benefits of this start small and they will ripple and they will amplify. And if anyone's interested, mine is a regular black Americano. Thank you. Point eight, tip generously. I'm not sure if this requires any further explanation and if I need to make it any clearer. You've all seen Reservoir Dogs, I assume, and I think that film makes the point eloquently enough. If you can tip, try and tip generously. If you can't tip much, then do tip something if you can. Folding money would be preferred, but jingling money will also never be refused. Working in a job that relies on tips is often extremely hard work for very long hours. If you're lucky enough to work in a job where you sit down, you probably get paid more than someone who works in a job where they have to stand up. Perverse, I know. You're tipping with your own conscience. You're reserving a place in your own personal version of heaven. Number eight, put more kisses on your text messages. You might be the kind of person who doesn't put a kiss on your text messages, and fair enough, it's an individual choice and preference. It's up to you. However, you might be the kind of texter who sometimes puts a kiss on a text. This might depend on how you're feeling at the time and who it is you're texting, of course. You might be like me and have a regular system. Some people do not get a kiss, others may get one, two, or even three, depending on the relationship I have with them. You might not be this regimented, but you may have your own text kiss system. What harm would it do if you put an extra kiss on there anyway? It might make the recipient feel really happy. It might make them feel good about themselves and appreciate your relationship with them. And it might make them think about their own way of expressing affection. If you give one kiss, why not give two? If you give three, why not give four? Number nine. Put a footer on your emails telling people to relax and not respond in a hurry. You might send emails to people or colleagues in the evenings or over the course of a weekend. The last thing you want, I'm sure, is for your own personal decision or necessity to work out of regular 9-5 to hours to negatively impact on the recipient and make them feel the need to break their rest and reply to your email straight away. 
You can place a footer in your email that lets people know that your email does not need to be attended to. Something very simple could say, quote, Please note that I respect your work-life balance and the right to disconnect from your work or studies. Therefore, if this message arrives in the evening or weekend, I really would not expect you to attend to it. It can wait. You may be surprised how many people who receive out-of-hours emails feel pressured into responding sooner rather than later, and a little reassurance like this in your email might just help them stay in relaxed mode. Number 10. Reassure a young person that it will all be okay in the end. Because I work with students and younger people for a great deal of my job, I sometimes get asked if I'd want to be a young person again. Well, I'm happy as I am, thank you, believe me. And although I guess it might be nice to get the last 10 years or so back and be a bit fitter again, I know for certain that I wouldn't want to be young again. I wouldn't want to be in their shoes or their jobs. They've got job insecurity, zero hours contracts, social media pressures, affordable housing shortages, and with no such thing as a free higher education existing anymore, things really do look bleak. It feels like a life of hard work with little reward is laying ahead for them. Perhaps anyone over the age of 35 might be dismissed by generation zero hours as being a boomer, but most people I know do want to improve the lot of the next generation. All we can really do is be supportive, sympathetic and understanding, and perhaps in the way that the generation above my lot were able to be to us. If I were young, I'd perhaps appreciate someone telling me that despite all the bleakness and uncertainty, things generally do get better, easier, and they become less of a struggle. Those are my top 10 tips to help you lead a better life in 2020. And who knows, you might be happier doing it, and it might spread a little love and sunshine to other people in what can sometimes be a wicked world. You've been listening to the You're Crazy Professor, But It Might Just Work amazing podcast. I hope it's been helpful, and I hope it's been informative. <laughs>